discuss living better through permaculture, mindfulness, decentralization, freedom, flow, agorism, anarchy, and more. We'll discuss how to solve life's complex problems with simple solutions. This is Mike the Polymath coming from the Easy Peasy Workshop in Indianapolis, Indiana, the crossroads of America. Thanks for joining. favorite place to find out what might be happening today in the former U.S. of A. As always, we are broadcasting exclusively on the secure and private Easy Peasy Network from our pirate box to yours. It is Monday, August 1st, 2029, in case you've lost track of time. As usual, good information is hard to come by these days. But we are here to tell you what we've got for you today. Direct from the sources on the ground across the North American continent and beyond. We thank all of our citizen journalists and freedom fighters for taking the time to risk sending us this information. As you know, most of this information is unconfirmed and should be taken with caution. False information is always possible. We'll start our news hour with the latest on military action as well as travel and trade updates. Last Friday, freedom fighters in Northern California began a coordinated assault against multiple government roadblocks, attempting to clear critical routes for delivery of the summer cannabis crop. Met with little resistance, at least a dozen teams were involved across three counties in the area known as the Emerald Triangle. Farmers in our network say it was a good year for cannabis production, but due to the glut in the market, prices are down from last year. Many of the farmers are opting to go back into the gray and black market due to tariffs imposed by the so-called legal cannabis market. Meanwhile, hemp and cannabis producers in Oklahoma continue to enjoy the benefits of a tax-free market in the Central Autonomous Zone, able to maintain their profit margins at a sustainable level. Some estimates 
indicate that cannabis and hemp production in the former state of Oklahoma is likely to surpass production levels in the People's Republic of California within the next few years. In the free state of New Hampshire, the southern and western lines have held steady between the remaining federal forces and the New Hampshire state militia. With talks of a possible ceasefire after three years of three years of armed skirmishes, reports indicate that the only open route from the northeastern region into the remaining United States is Highway 135 to Interstate 16 South. But extreme caution should be taken as federal officers patrol the area near the border, and government ID is required to travel. All other routes are blocked or destroyed coming from the northeast. Open west-to-east routes into the Union are more plentiful, but roadblocks are often set up at random. Check with local verified ham radio operators in the area to find out the most up-to-date information. To all messengers, smugglers, rebel spies, and others heading into the government-controlled zone, as always, be careful and come back to us. Gasoline and oil supplies and prices are still unpredictable since the Great Blackout, but producers and refiners in Texas and Alaska promise to keep pumping and processing as much oil as possible. They've been selling exclusively to the autonomous zones while California and the remaining Union states who continue to buy cheaper products from Russia, China, or Iraq, which is subsidized by slave labor, are still paying more at the pump thanks to a 35% federal gas tax. The Texas-Louisiana Oil Syndicate has vowed to provide surplus oil to refill the strategic reserve sites, underground salt caves, which are now outside of the control of the Union forces since the new Orleans uprising. Once the reserves are full, the oil syndicate intends to recommence export sales and offshore drilling once the Union Navy is reallocated. The syndicate says it will provide security for its offshore drilling rigs and tankers if it is allowed to purchase Navy warships from the bankrupt Union government. Weapons depots along the Ohio River were hit by a drone strike in the early morning hours of July 26th after a suspected undercover federal agent left the headquarters of the Midwestern Militia Alliance with a hard copy map detailing the locations of the hidden bunkers. An estimated 5,500 small arms and 2 million rounds of ammunition were destroyed, which had previously been commandeered from a National Guard armory. In better news, peace talks between the organization known as Texans for Texas and the North Mexican cartel appear to be gaining ground as trade has opened back up from the Mexican side. Two years ago, the cartel shut down all trade to Texas, save for narcotic drugs, at the behest of the Chinese government. In other words, the flow of tequila, mezcal, avocados, peppers, tomatoes, and other products ceased while the flow of fentanyl and heroin continued across the border into Texas. Many feared a Chinese military incursion into Mexico, but no such move has been taken. 
Some hypothesize that despite strong posturing, the Chinese military is beginning to show signs of being spread too thin, with rebel groups in Taiwan, Hong Kong, Tibet, and Cambodia hammering the Chinese military installations with increasing regularity and success. We thank the brave messenger who managed to sneak this encrypted message through the back channels to our easy peasy news crew. And our top story tonight. Canadian Patriots broke through the military barricade at the federal building in Ottawa and stormed the building after two plus years of intense bloodshed leading to the capital. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police and Canadian Army, whose numbers were greatly reduced thanks to mass desertions and noncompliance, laid down their arms around 4.32 this morning. The siege lasted a total of 79 hours, and an estimated 300 casualties occurred on the rebel side, with at least 100 fatalities. Estimates of casualties on the side of the government are less clear, but our boots on the ground. Journalist estimates 1,000 total casualties and around 200 fatalities. The success of the siege was due in large part to the skill of the Canadian Rebel Army's sharpshooters, as well as a bold use of the Trojan horse strategy, in which they charged the gate with an armored box truck to begin the siege. According to our sources, the suicide mission delivered a dozen of the CRA's best and most daring fighters into the center of the compound, where they successfully utilized the element of surprise and took out an unknown but significant number of combatants in the early moments of the siege, and opened up a pathway for the remaining fighters. While none of the initial strike team survived, I would venture to guess their bravery will be sung about for many generations, and their names will not be forgotten. With that, we get into our next segment, Food and Farming. Farmers in the Central Autonomous Zone note that it looks like it'll be a good year, or a good harvest year, for wheat, rye, barley, and corn, and that feed supplies for this coming winter should be sufficient. Cattle production and processing are nearly back to pre-blackout quantities, and thanks to foregoing all USDA and FDA regulations for processing and packaging in favor of an eat-at-your-own-risk policy, the autonomous zone is experiencing the lowest relative prices for in decades for beef, dairy, pork, and poultry products, as well as for beer and liquor, when adjusted for inflation and currency conversion. Tobacco crops are also looking good this year, but will be slow to hit the market as finished cigarette and cigar manufacturers are still playing catch-up from the great blackout of 2024, where major tobacco products were cleared off the shelves during the looting spree and caused a major supply shortage. Philip Morris became the first tobacco giant to fall into bankruptcy and shut down its operations, but many smaller companies sprung up in its absence to fill the gap in the market. 
throughout the agriculturally useful areas in the CAZ, Central Autonomous Zone, since being reallocated to family members of pre-corporate owners where possible and homesteaded on any unclaimed plots, farm production has seen a 10% increase in production, while soil erosion has been all but corrected through the growing implementation of bioswale earthworks. By contouring the land into terraces of sorts, farmers are able to make better use of both rainfall, irrigation, and fertilizer, ending the problem of runoff and erosion. There has also been around a 40% decrease in the demand for fertilizer thanks to these techniques, as well as the use of crop and animal rotation strategies and mixed crop production methods promoted and taught by the Permaculture Designers Guild. The CAZ is the only region in the country to have a food surplus the last two years in a row and is not and is the only net ex exporter of food in the former USA, surpassing Salinas Valley in a per acre production for the first time since farmers settled the formerly fertile California Valley. This is largely due to the management practices in California and lack of adaptation of serious soil health improvement strategies. Despite the drier than average year for the Continental Divide Autonomous Zone, cattle herds are reportedly doing well grazing in the mountains. The annual fall roundup will be started in September, and according to sources, there is a shortage of skilled cowboys available to do the job. Anybody with an adventurous spirit and a willingness to tolerate extreme discomfort is encouraged to seek employment with ranchers this autumn with the promise of generous compensation in either Bitcoin or beef. In terms of the international food markets, there are reports of crop failures in Eastern Europe and Southeast Asia. International aid groups report that the coming rice shortage could spell famine for a large portion of the globe. International trade in food is at an all-time low with many countries and communities opting not to export, but instead to stockpile. This, as well as global breakdown of transportation and trade routes, have led to a bleak outlook for much of the world. Permaculture emissaries have volunteered to speak to the leaders of at least six foreign nations to discuss what can be done to improve self-sufficiency and food system resilience, arguing that there is no need for anyone to starve. Finally, in politics. The Union government in D.C. is discussing passage of a bill that would require all remaining Union citizens to be implanted with ID chips by the end of 2030 with full legal, financial, social, and medical histories encoded. The bill to make the ID chip mandatory for all citizens, punishable by loss of UBI, prison, and will be applied with force if necessary, passed the House of Representatives by nearly two dozen votes and will now move to the Senate, where there is a comparable supermajority. The bill is expected to be signed into law by President Cheney sometime in the coming weeks and is suspected 
that the chips also include a GPS tracking feature. There have been a handful of newly declared independent zones in the last few weeks, pushing the line of the CAZ further east. While the western line remains stable at the Mojave Desert and along the Sierra Nevada mountains. Here are the newly declared zones that we know of. The Free City of Pittsburgh. The Free State of Western Appalachia, including parts of West Virginia, Kentucky, and Tennessee. The Enclave of Asheville. The New North Georgia Territory. And the Swamplands and Keys Alliance of Louisiana, Alabama, and Florida. All of these areas are disputed territories according to the Union government in Washington, as is the CAZ, the CDAZ, the PNAZ, and the Free State of New Hampshire. The only territories that have been officially surrendered by the federal government are still Texas, California, and Alaska. The rest is still officially claimed by the much diminished but still formidable DC political machine. While much of the military personnel have defected in the last half decade, the so-called United States military is still the second largest state-run military force in the world behind China. Many autonomous communities in the CAZ and the CDAZ fear the possibility of reunification between the People's Republic of California and the remaining United States on the East Coast. But it seems that all talks of reunification have been tense and so far unsuccessful, according to our sources. The Union government has remained reluctant to wage all-out war against the people and areas who have declared autonomy, citing a civilized approach to political unrest and using a strategically appropriate approach to localized skirmishes, opting to use drone strikes in the place of any manned aircraft or ground troops ever since the initial uprising during the black the great blackout the federal government has set up ground defenses and border controls to keep from losing any more ground to the growing autonomy movement but has yet to officially acknowledge any major civil conflict occurring on the continent finally in sports and pop culture the Ultimate Fighter Championship continues to be the most popular sporting event on the continent for three years running after the ending of the MLB, NBA, and NFL, and after adopting a members-only streaming service and running five fights a week, set up permanently in Austin, Texas, but inviting fighters from all autonomous zones to come out and represent their communities in the ring. Some discussion of restarting the Olympics in 2030 has been reported, but doubts remain high as global cooperation is at an all-time low, and the general public's interest in the games has waned. According to recent online surveys, the most popularly streamed programs in the autonomous zones are nature programs, 
with a few fishing, hunting, and gardening shows at the top of the list. Alternatively, on both coasts, the top shows are nightly sitcoms and state-sponsored sporting events. Reruns of old games are strictly banned as they are a reminder to the citizens of the Union and California of the towns they can no longer visit. While officially ignoring any autonomous zones exist, the Union government relies on strict travel restrictions to keep citizens from going too far from the home or leaving the remaining Union states. These restrictions are justified under public health concerns in an effort to reduce the potential threat for pandemic spread of pathogens, with frequent fabricated virus and disease stories being told by state-sponsored media. As it has been for some years, the internet in the remaining union has been highly monitored, controlled, and censored. So be sure to exercise extreme caution in communicating on any open networks. And for our final segment, we bring you a letter from a freedom fighter on the front lines in New Hampshire, where active fighting has been going strong for quite some time. Dear fellow lovers of liberty, I choose to keep my identity to myself, as I, like so many others, have family still and friends who live under the boot of our former government. I have been on the front lines since this all began two and a half years ago, only taking occasional R&R when absolutely necessary. We are dug in well. The imperialists will not gain on us, but they do not appear to be backing down either. It almost seems at this point a symbolic battle in which the enemy refuses to lose while being incapable of winning. This territory belongs to us and shall remain that way. We thank all of you in the CAZ and the CDAZ for sending generous contributions of bitcoins, bullets, beans, and band-aids. Every bit helps. Without giving anything away, I will say we could use more good men. There are areas we wish to take back that have been lost for years. Key areas of strategy as well as symbolic importance. We are not content to stay hidden in the woods for long. The enemy has shown it is not as strong as it once was, and the time has come to push them back until they can go nowhere but jump into the sea. We will not abandon our countrymen in the areas still occupied by tyrants, and we will not stop until we have ended this empire once and for all. The battle is far from over, but we have proven the strength of the people against the machine, and we will continue marching forward. When and where to first are, are still being decided, but if you care to join the offensive, we could use you, armed and ready. To all the folks out there reading or listening to these words, I ask for only one thing, your prayers. As we all realize now, this is a spiritual battle as much as a physical one. It is a battle over the sovereignty of every individual on the planet, and it can be won. So long as we keep fighting, while good men are lost along the way, each one departs knowing 
They served the best mission one can serve, the mission of liberty for all. Thank you and keep the faith from one sovereign warrior among many. So with that, I wish you all a glorious day in the free world and may we by the grace of God make it free and just for all through anarchy and thanks for being a part of this thought revolution the polymath signing out if you've enjoyed this episode of the easy peasy podcast Go to easypeasygardens.com, hit the podcast tab, and follow the instructions to contribute to the show.